verse. Right, but remember, it's a really old promise, and a lot's happened since then. So what if this thing is really hard to believe at this point? And I know for folks it was. What if it's really hard for us to believe the promises of God? And for some of us it is. Look at this reminder that God gives. This is what I swore to your fathers. Right? So if, if there's some struggle to believe the promise of God... Let's look to our fathers and mothers in the faith. Let's look at those who've gone before us. Was the Lord faithful to them? Did the Lord see them through? And it doesn't even have to be others. It can be in our own lives we can look back. Has the Lord been faithful? I've got a big old huge mess right here that's eating me alive. But let's look back at some of the other stuff. Did He show up there? Did He meet my need there? Did He provide for me there, protect me there? Was He with me there? Did He strengthen me here? Yes. Yes and yes. Now we need to be honest because there may have, in fact, been great pain and sorrow along the way. You may say, yeah, I'm, I'm still here. He's gotten me through, but gee whiz. He hasn't promised ease. He hasn't promised the absence of pain but He has promised His presence. He has promised His presence and He's promised ultimate protection. See, this thing, whatever it is, it might get really bad. Instead of getting better, it might get worse. But we are promised his presence, and we are promised ultimate protection. Right? See, this is what Paul got. Paul got this really well. Paul was under the constant threat of death during his ministry. Lots of folks wanted him dead. He knew it, and somehow he was at peace with it. Because he said, what can man do to me? What really? If my very worst fears are realized, and this is it, okay, that works too. Right? Deliverance from this thing sure would be nice. But if not, hey, I'll be with Christ. He hasn't promised us ease, but He has promised His presence. And He's promised ultimate protection. And so if that's true, then how could I not be strong and courageous 
Whatever it is. Whatever it is. Three on our list. And there's a little twist on this one from the first two. When we are strong and courageous, our faith is expressed in our obedience. So let me say that a little differently to try to help us get that. When we are strong and courageous. So, in other words, when we are trusting, believing, when our faith is in God is who He says He is, and He will do what He said He will do. Right? That's being strong and courageous. We believe He is who He said He is, and that He'll do what He said He'll do. When that's the case, that shows up in our obedience. Now how does that work? Look at verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. So look at what type of obedience this is. Two things here. It is careful. Right? I'm, I'm going I'm to know what he requires. I'm going to know what he expects. I'm going to know what he demands of me. So I'm, I'm going to be on the lookout. Right? So this is careful obedience. And, and it's exact. Right? It's not deviating this way or that way. Right? It's not cutting corners or, you know. No, it's... Uh, This is what God says. This is what I'm going to seek to do. So if I'm strong and courageous, I'll be obedient. If I'm trusting that God is who He says He is and that He'll do what He said He will do, well, then of course I'll I'll obey. And see, what is sin if it's not a lack of strength, a lack of courage, a lack of believing God is who He said He is. Right? Think about the very first sin there in the garden. What was that sin but doubt in the goodness of God? It was doubting that God was who He said He was, that He was good and loving because the sin in the garden was, hey, I can't do this. I can't obey this because... I'm afraid God's holding out on me. I'm afraid God's placed this restriction on me and He's keeping something good from me. That's exactly what went down in the garden. was doubting the goodness and love of God. So what is it in your life? What's your What's your temptation? Or, or what's no longer your temptation because you've just sort of compromised and said, well, this is how it's going to be. Are, are you doing it because you doubt who God says He is? Are, are you rationalizing in your mind and saying, well, if, if God's really loving then he'll be okay with me having this type of relationship. Or, or doing this type of thing in my relationship. Or, 
Or maybe your sin is worry. And you just find yourself giving in again and again and, and wallowing in it because you just don't believe that God is who He said He is and that He'll do what He said He would do. Or, or maybe you know that the obedience is going to cost you. Right? If, if I obey, it's going to cost, it's going to cost me friends. Uh, it might cost me business. It might cost some of my reputation. Do you believe God will provide for you even in that? Do you believe that He'll protect you even in that? Because when we are strong and courageous, when we're believing God is who He said He is and that He'll do what He said He'll do, our faith gets expressed in our obedience. Fourthly, and and closely related to the third, our strength and our courage is fueled and fed by God's Word. Why are we doing this uh, reading the Bible together thing this year? Why are we coming back tonight at 6 o'clock? And we are coming back tonight at 6 o'clock, right? Uh, Why are we doing that to to chew on God's words a little bit more. Seek to apply it to our lives. Why did many of us gather together this morning before worship to dig into God's Word together? Because when we make God's Word our careful Constant focus. Life goes better. It's just a biblical principle. When we make God's Word our constant, careful focus, life will go better than if we do not. Right? So think about why. If God is wise, and He's holy, and He's good, and He's loving, and if He created us, and if He knows what's best for us, and if He knows the best way for us to live the lives that He has given to us, then it only makes sense that we should seek Him out on what He said we should do. So look at verse 8. This book of the law, Torah, instruction, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Do you want to be prosperous, and do you want to be successful? Right? And I'm not going to waste our time explaining that that's not Cadillacs and vacation homes. You know that. Right? JP had you in Psalm 1 last week. You know what it means to be blessed. You know what it means to prosper. Do you want that? 
If you do, then you need to make the careful, regular, night and day intake and reflection upon God's Word part of the fabric of your life. Period. Don't let it depart from your mouth. Meditate on it. All right? So this isn't, um, you know, this is not trying to empty your mind, right? This word literally means mutter, right? Go about your day muttering whatever little nugget you picked up on from your reading that morning. All right? So if it was Joshua 1, right? He's never going to leave me or forsake me. He's never going to leave me or forsake me. And I'm muttering that to myself all day long. And when the thing rears its ugly head in the back of my mind again, right? He's never going to leave me or forsake me. I'm muttering it to myself. Maybe I'm muttering it to somebody else that I'm talking over what we read since we're all on the same reading plan, right? Gosh, I needed that today. I just keep reminding myself of it over and over again. That's all it is, right? It's not mystical. It's not Eastern, right? Just mutter it. Reflect upon it. That's one of the beauties of, of, of our plan that we are doing. It's just a chapter a day. You can do it, right? You can do it. I believe in you. Go pick up a plan after we're done, right? It's just a chapter a day. And so for some of you, you're used to spending a greater quantity of time reading God's Word. Use the time then to really slow down and reflect what did my eyes just fly over real quick? What did I miss? What is here for me to claim? Right? Is, is there some promise for me to claim that I just read about? Is there some way in which this text that I just read reveals afresh my need for Christ and shows me what a, what a wretch I am? You know, some of those lyrics that we sang in, in that song of confession? Ugh. Those are tough. Do we believe those about ourselves? Right? Getting in God's Word can help us with that. Right? Is there some sin to confess? Is there something here that, that reveals who God is? Remember the last point, the, the third point. Our obedience flows out of being convinced of, that God is who He said He is and that He'll do what He said He will do. Um, well, how in the world are we going to know either of those things if we're not here? Right? How in the world are we going to know who God says that He is or know His promises unless we're reading of who He is and we're reading of His promises? I'm so excited for us to dig deeper in this book. I, I I wanted to give you lots of little preview tidbits and everything, um, but I'm not. I'm going to restrain myself. Um, but you're going to see even these four themes that we've talked about this morning just over and over and over again in the book. His presence. Right? He's with His people. His promises. And the need for obedience to flow out of that faith. The need for obedience to flow out of being convinced that He's present and being convinced that He's a promise keeper. And certainly the place of God's Word in revealing those things to us uh, can almost go without saying. I think we're in for quite a blessing, so I'm excited. Let's 
pray and then prepare to come to the table. Oh God, thank you for your word. It is rich. It's a gift of your grace that you have preserved it through thousands of years and that it is so unified in what it bears witness to that you did call to yourself a people that you might rescue them and bless them beyond our wildest imagination. You're a good God. and You're a holy God. And you've made a way for us in the gospel. And for that we thank you and we praise you. Holy Spirit, would you be at work in our hearts now preparing us to feed upon Christ by faith. We pray in his name and for his sake. Amen. Would you stand so that we can sing in response? Thank you.